You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Now, before we get into this episode, we have a special announcement from one of our sponsors. Design Crowd is an online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, their logos, and their web design with access to over 600,000 designers around the world. Now, within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you receive 60 to 100 plus designs, so you have the best chance to pick the perfect design for you. Now, I personally love this option and I've used it in my business ventures and projects over the years because it saves me on a few major things in life. Now, it saves you on time. It saves you on the headache of going back and forth with designers and it's also affordable and scalable without you needing your own in-house design team. Now, the good folks at Design Crowd are kind enough to offer you as an exclusive Addicted to Success listener, the VIP Custom Design Upgrade Pack, which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, uh, business cards, websites, flyers, emails, and many, many more things. Okay, so head over to designcrowd.com slash success. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash success. And the promo code just for the Addicted to Success listeners is success. S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Right now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with the incredible faith hip-hop preacher, (laughs) best-selling author, Chad Veach, who is an absolute rock star that uh, actually just came off stage. So, you know, he's going to bring the energy that he brought from stage into this interview, too. I'm excited about that. Chad works with people such as Justin Bieber, Selena, Haley Baldwin, and many other A-list celebrities to guide them in their faith and has also had such a massive impact in uh, LA with the youth out there and has been preaching for many, many years, I'd say a decade now. So uh, Chad will know a thing or two about the kingdom of God and also what it (laughs) takes to really build brands and really to impact lives and also to go super deep on what it means to be a real human being in this world and live a life of purpose. So Chad, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Oh man, it's it's an honor to be here, and uh, I don't know about the hip hop pastor, but everything else, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take. <laughs> does, does Eric Thomas hold that title? I don't know because I hear a lot of people. Go, I've heard quite a few people called hip hop preacher, hip hop writer, hip hop dancer. Well, it was a shock. It was a, it was a shock to me the other day. I was doing a podcast with uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. Oh wow! And she and, and so we we're sitting there, and she goes, "So they call you the hip hop pastor?" And I was like, I, "My ego cannot take that. <laughs> you cannot say that to me. I've never heard that before, but I'll take it. It, <laughs> it would be the great, be the greatest honor of my life." <laughs> <laughs> On that note, who is your favorite hip hop artist right now or ever? Um, now and ever. I take I'll take Drake right now. I think Drake's the number one. I don't think anybody's even close. Yeah. And ever, I just think. You know, shout out to Biggie. I mean, just nobody did it like Big. So I love Biggie to this day. There you go. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Drake's an interesting character. I think that a lot of people, 
just see the singing, you know, awkward dancing, um, great rapper Drake, but I see the entrepreneur in Drake too. If you Man. see what goes on in the background, that dude is smart, real smart. Genius. He's yeah. a genius. Yeah, I'm just so impressed with him, even just um, getting to be around him a couple of times. He just, the way he handles himself, he's he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's very, very shrewd. Right. It, it looks like he has some sort of a vision for his future and he's very disciplined to that. Let's talk a little bit about the future because I know your new book is called Faith Forward Future. And, yeah. uh, you know, I do a lot of vision casting with my uh, students in self-development coaching. What I do find is that there's a lot of people that they have this vision, right? And they, they have the discipline and the strategy and they have people they're modeling after. But the part that they uh, struggle with the most is the faith part, like having faith in mm. their future, having faith in something greater than themselves. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about this. Yeah, well, I think what is faith? Faith is trust, it's confidence, and it's belief. So I think, you, you know, we, you have to have faith in yourself, of course. I think there's a, a, a part of every person that needs to have that belief and that, you know, that's where integrity is so important because you trust yourself. You trust that you are going to stick to an eating plan. You are going to stick to your workouts. You are going to live, you know, with that integral part of integrity. So I think then you need to have belief and confidence and trust in yourself. But I think all of us crave to be attached to something larger than ourselves. And so I think that's where you need to have faith in something bigger than just you, bigger than just your business. So I would say faith is not just faith in what you're working on and faith in yourself, but you need to have that spiritual component of your life. I think it's essential. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I put a 90-day program together called Master Your Confidence. This was quite a few months back. And in my research for preparing for this course, what I came across was that those that have a faith in God or someone bigger than themselves actually have a higher level of self-esteem. That's it. They suffer less from depression and anxiety because they believe that, that uh, their life is in, in, in something bigger and greater than themselves. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that attack. Yeah, it's amazing. I think that attachment, you know, just it carries you so far. It, it does more for you than even for it, to be honest. Right. So, Chad, let's rewind it a little bit and uh, let's let's go into why this book. Like, where did this idea come from? Where where was the inspiration? Why faith forward future? Why is this important? Yeah. Well, I started. To do, I did this series at our church. It was called God Has a Plan. So I started just studying out this thought. You know, God has a plan for our life. I always heard that growing up. God has a plan. But then as I started studying scripture, I started realizing, oh, my gosh, everybody that God used in the Bible had issues. They all had problems. They all had struggles. And I, then I became comforted and I realized, oh, my gosh, God does not have a plan B for our life. He only has a plan A. And so no matter what we've done or struggle with or things that we've gone through, God has a plan. So I just I thought, you know what, in order to, to not just understand that, but, but to operate in that, you have to have faith to move forward into your future. So the reality is that the future is there, but it takes faith to get there. So how do you, in a world that's predominantly secular right now, how do you keep the faith? And how do you show up in there consistently? Because I find a lot of people that I know, especially entrepreneurs, struggle with that, like a Christian guilt or something like that, where it's like, I can't make a lot of money because then I'm attached to more worldly things or I can't be too much part of the world. Like, how do you find that balance, man? Cause I'm sure yeah. you're around a lot of people that are secular and you also coach a lot of people, I guess, and, and, and minister to those that, that are in that space. How do you keep the faith and how, what, what advice would you give to someone that's struggling with that, having success in a, in a secular world and keeping the faith? Yeah. 
Well, I think it's so important that we create for all of our lives principles and values, that our lives yeah. are, are gov- governed by principles. And when you really know what you value in life, then you actually want to become more successful because these values, are, they're your they're your whole roadmap. They're, so it's like, okay, if I make more money, that's awesome because I know I'm going to give more money away because that's my value. Right. So I'm not, so I'm, I don't have to like change my values per season or according to my success, then my standards change. Everything is governed out of the principles I've decided to live by and the values that I've decided that are going to be for my home. So I think that's the first step in success. The first step in success is knowing like what principles are going to govern my whole life. Then out of that, it's like, all right, let's attack. Let's try and become as as successful as possible because we know we're, we can't derail if we're living by these standards. Yes, yes. So, Chad, for those that are listening right now, how do you hone in on what your principles are? Because I think a lot of people hear this and go, that yeah, that, that sounds right, but how do you action that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it starts with a pen and a paper, like always. Yeah. You know, just really, really deciding what, what, what do I value? You know, like I started this year, 2018, January 1st, sat down and I wrote out values for my family this year, values for my personal life, values for my church, the organization I lead. And some of them are old values that have always been there. Some of them are new in this season. I feel like I need to add this to already existing values. And then another thing that I do to create more values is I go to people that are successful and I ask them what they value. I start to learn from the marriages, from the organizations, and from the leaders. Today, I listened to a book today by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He's talking about values in his life, values of successful people. So it's not just that I, in my own mind, the Bible says every way of a man is right in his own eyes. So it's not just that I, I have to create these values. So I go and find out what are successful people doing because I can, I can learn from them. So I think in between self and others, that's where we can kind of conclude this is, this is the life I want to live. Isn't it interesting that word value actually comes from the word evaluate? We're mm. constantly evaluating when people ask us questions or if, or if we're being uh, proposed something like a new opportunity, we're evaluating in our mind in that very moment, is this something that I value most? Or is it somewhere, you know, number one million down on the ladder? Like, are you going to say yes or no to this? And it's uh, it's really wow. important to align yourself with your values. I think that your values are really what lights you up from within. You know, it's that yeah. when you're aligned with your values, you're in spirit, which means you're inspired, right? You have that inspiration, which is way more powerful than motivation. Motivation is external. And, and, in spirit is, is internal. And I think once you decide what you said yes to, it's easy to determine what you say no to. Right. It's like right. marriage. It's like marriage. Like I put this ring on and when I wear my wedding ring, it, me- it signifies I've said yes to one Mm-hmm. which means I say no to all others. Yes. So I think values are just saying, I've said yes to this, which means when other thing appears, it's like, I've already decided I said no to that. And, and I think that this actually ties a lot to identity. So you're obviously a Christian, right? Yeah. So how do you identify yourself in Christ? Like, I think I just identify of, of who God says I am. I think my identity comes from not necessarily these external accolades or success or yes. accomplishments uh, my my whole identity is wrapped up in who god has determined my identity to be i think jesus i watched jesus who to me is one of the, the greatest leader leader to ever live mm-hmm. and jesus was he, he in fact when people tried to praise him it says that he would reject the praise of man because he knew what was inside of them he was like i don't need that i don't live for that yeah. man's approval doesn't 
I don't, it doesn't do it for me. Mm. Like I, I actually define by something bigger and something greater. And so when that, that's your identity, you don't bow. Even when, when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, he tried to allure him with what? Lust of the flesh, lust of eyes and pride of life, which is what we all st- struggle with. But because Jesus had identity, he didn't have to give into those things because he knew who he was. And once you know who you are, all, all of life becomes very simple. So I think for me, I just get my identity from what God's word says I am. And once I determine that, it's like, doesn't matter what my bank account or my followers say, I know who I am. Right. I think it's so symbolic too, when you look at Jesus, when he was tempted there for the, the 40 days when he's in the desert, he fell under way more temptation than Adam ever did. it's like just don't eat of this fruit whereas jesus was starving and dehydrated and and he still showed us that no matter how much temptation is in your face it is possible right and he he even used scripture too which teaches us like he he didn't say well you don't can't tempt me because i already own all this he used scripture to show us that we too can fight with the word so that's it it's it's powerful stuff I think, you know, he quotes Deuteronomy three different times, Deuteronomy 6 and, and I think Deuteronomy 9. And I think he's yeah. basically going like, if you're ever going to really combat temptation, that's actually what you're going to need to use is you're going to have to, have, you know, again, have a weapon, something, again, going back to that thought, something bigger than ourselves, yes. the authority of something greater than ourselves. Mm. Amen. So, Chad, what do you believe our purpose is here on this earth as human beings in your worldview? Yeah, I think our, our first purpose is to know God and to understand his love, to receive, you know, the, the, the work, the work, I believe, of, of a Christian, which I believe we're, we're placed on this planet to, to enjoy God, is, is to receive. So I think that's, that's really our work. Our work is to receive and receive his love, receive grace receive salvation i think from then is to do the will of god and what is the will of god is it's it's to love the lord our god with all of our heart soul mind strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves it's those two things is why we're here on this planet to know god and to and to love our neighbor so i don't think life is as hard as we make it out to be it's pretty simple (laughs) right just stick by the great commandments and away you go (laughs) that's it yeah enjoy god enjoy our relationship with him and to enjoy enjoy life enjoy jesus is so amazing he comes he goes he goes guys i've come to give you the abundant life yeah so i'm not gonna make you wait to get to heaven to have this amazing life i'll actually give you the abundant so what's the abundant of life relationship relationship with god and relationship with others that's the abundant life you know it can be challenging at times uh there are a lot of distractions in this world a lot of deception too Mm. what do you see with your eyes through your own experiences what do you see is happening right now in the world where we we should bring more awareness to right now well, I think the, the, the greatest need of awareness is Jesus. You know, I, I don't think people really understand who he is, what he's done, how much he loves them. I think what the world needs now more than ever is a fresh revelation of who he is. Right. And so if, if people were to understand how obsessed he is, how, how he's pursuing us, how he wants to give us his grace and forgiveness and his acceptance, I think that's the greatest need of the world. Is, is the need for people to encounter who Jesus really is. Yeah, I, I was uh, preaching actually last week 
there was a part near the end of the, the sermon where I was talking about the legacy of Jesus. And I find it really interesting that, you know, here's this carpenter's boy who only really had three, well, he had three and a half years of ministry. He picked 12 of the most unlikely characters. <laughs> Just three and a half years, he was slandered. He was, you know, vilified. He was uh, crucified. And, and over 2 billion people worship him to this day and believe in him. And, <laughs> and it's just that like, that just blows my mind that someone had only three and a half years to have that kind of impact. And if we could even just do a smidgen of that, that would be epic. Amazing. Amazing. A smidgen. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. God, give me, give me a smidgen of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, Chad, uh, I have conversations a lot with my friends that, that are non-believers and I think some of them come out of their faith because they, they ask questions like, or they've had experiences of challenges in their life and they ask questions like, well, you know, why would God allow this to happen to me? Why would I go through this much pain? Or my, you know, yeah. grandmother died and she was a devout Christian. Why did she die in, mm. in, the, in the way that she did? How do you answer these questions, man? Because these are tough questions yeah. to answer. Yeah. Well, you know, I have, a, I have a daughter that's six. You know, she was born really without a brain. So you, you, it's one thing to have a, a theory. It's another thing to have an experience. Right. This is Georgia, right? Your daughter, Georgia. Yeah, my daughter, Georgia. Yeah. So I think when that happened, it made me realize, you know what? It didn't change my theology. It didn't rock my faith. I just go, wow, we live on a fallen planet. So yeah. God's not up in heaven making people sick, and he's not up in heaven mm. making people die, and he's not causing plane crashes or car accidents. Like, this is, the reality is, is this that we live in a fallen universe, and that's why the hope of heaven is so much better, that when we get to heaven, there'll be no more sickness, no more disease, no more suffering. So, mm. the, so the reality is, is that I don't believe that God causes those things. God's not the author of that. Adam and Eve... And what happened there, then we entered into a fallen planet. It is what it is, which which basically goes like, hey, great. I'm not a citizen of this earth. I'm a citizen of a greater place. I'm going there. The hope of heaven is that much more appealing. So if, if people are struggling with going like, why did my aunt die? Or why is cancer in my house? Or why did my parents get divorced? It's just part of living in a sinful nature. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I love that earlier on in this conversation, you, you said uh, like our purpose, you believe, is to know God more. And I think that that is one of the biggest, uh, I guess, struggles for, for most is that they have maybe they've gone to church or they have like their faith uh, as a young kid and then they step away from it. I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I stepped away from the church at like 14 years old. I didn't have a bad experience, but I stepped away from it to, to do my own thing. And then I, um, I realized that like, I didn't quite, I didn't understand him. So when people would challenge me on my beliefs, I stood there at 25, 26 years old as a 12 year old, 13 year old kid, only yeah. knowing kind of Bible stories and that, and not being able to defend the faith in any kind of way, or even like answer as to why I really truly believed in God. And it challenged me as right. a, as a as a believer and and uh, i think the more like when i stepped in and really owned it because you got to remember this in the bible it doesn't say uh grandchildren of god it says children of god right right so you right. can't inherit it because your parents did you need to own it yourself and i think that that there is so empowering when you go and dig yourself and you pray on that like prayer is so important man but like 
praying yeah. for, for discernment and truth and guidance and and it just opens your mind to a whole new level man seriously i feel like since i stepped back in my faith really strong i feel like i just elevated to a space where i was like oh damn like revelations just blowing my mind like just dots connecting and starting to understand the world in a way that i never did before it's amazing it's awesome yeah yeah so what would you say has been such a huge uh experience for you where you felt you definitely felt like a miracle happened because a, a lot of people talk about this they, they want to know about the the miracles of life what, for you what was yeah. a real standout miracle where you're like wow this is god revealing himself right now I think, you know, the greatest miracle I've experienced is the miracle of salvation. Like when I really got saved and really said yes to Jesus's love. Uh, you know, for me, that moment was on 16. I've, you know, I always kind of grew up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. But I think that moment at 16 of understanding God, God loves me. Um, I think he's got a plan for my life. Just that, that, that surrender moment is the greatest miracle I've ever experienced because I've I feel like I yielded my life to who he was. And so I've never experienced something greater than that. The moment of grace taking over your world. That's, that's the greatest miracle. You, it, it, you know, we use these terms like death to life or lost to found and blind to sight. But like I experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a miracle. Beautiful. You went from grandchild to child. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Exactly. As my good friend says, grandchild, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit more about the book. What is your favorite chapter of the book and why? I think my favorite uh, chapter is, you know, the beginning, you know, when life doesn't work out because it just, it puts everybody on the same playing field. I think sometimes we look at pastors or Christian leaders and like, oh, they don't have problems. So I start the book off with like, you know, like a failure. I start the book off with first chapter of going like, you know, I, I was, I was disobedient. I was going against God's will. I want to do my own thing. And, um, so I think, you know, just the beginning of just going like, Hey, we have to like talk honestly. We have to get real. We have to like admit that we all deal with disappointments. You know, the subtitles moving past disappointments, delays, and destructive thinking. Cause I think it goes in that order. We get really disappointed in ourselves, disappointed in others. We feel delayed. We're like, gosh, this is, it's going to put me back two years and then our mind goes bad and we get destructive thinking, bad thinking habits. So I think the beginning is the best because I, I, I get pulled into that and go like, okay, tell me more because I can relate with you. People admire your strengths, but they relate with your weaknesses. Yes. I love that you said that sometimes we get a little bit kind of, uh, I guess you could say impatient, right? We get like to this point, we're like, man, why hasn't this happened yet? Uh, there's an awesome quote that I came across. Uh, I was listening to a speech the other day by Ravi Zacharias, incredible apologetic incredible. Uh, evangelist. Yeah, and this is so like so suited now for the new year. But he said, "Time is a calibration of change. Only the eternal word abides forever." It's true. Like time is just a calibration of change. Time is a gift from God, and He gives us a pocket, a tiny pocket, really to do what we need to do while we're here. And I think that sometimes our plan in our own mind doesn't unfold at the rate that we want it to and we get so disheartened, but really God has a bigger plan for us. It's mm, awesome. That's amazing. I love that. So, so Chad, tell us a little bit about how you planted this church in LA because I know you came from Seattle. Uh, you, were, you were preaching with uh, Judah Smith, right, out there in, uh, in Seattle. 
yeah yeah so yeah so um we just felt like it was time to go do it we felt it was it had been in our hearts and uh we packed up the u-haul and moved down and some people started you know coming down from seattle with us and we started with 11 people in our living room and um started meeting and building it out and we did that for about nine months where we just kind of met with our team and then we launched it two years ago, <clears throat> two years ago. <clears throat> it's been unbelievable. It's been an adventure. And I think at the end of the day, what's amazing is God is the local church is the hope of the world. So he's building his church. Number one, it's his. Yeah. And number two, he's building it. So I think that's, what's amazing is like no man can get credit for what God's doing. Yes. You know, it's like, I'm we're playing this church. I'm blown away how committed God is to his church it is the vehicle he has chosen to rescue humanity. It is literally his bride. It's his. And so I think planning this thing has reminded me and taught me, oh my gosh, God is going to build his church. He is committed to this thing. And come hell or high water, he's going to resource it. He's going to magnify it. He's going to lift it up. He's going to use it. And I think it's it's just a beautiful thing to behold. Yes, I agree. Amen to that, brother. Chad, where can we get your book? Is it out now? Well, it's, it's out now. It's everywhere. Um, but we have a website, chadbeach.org. You jump on the website there, but it's on Amazon. And yeah, it's available everywhere. Beautiful. So guys, this is Faith Forward Future by Chad Veach. Chad, you also have another book too, Unreasonable Hope, right? Yeah, Unreasonable Hope was the first one. Awesome. What will we find in that book there that's a real standout you believe would uh, be great for the addicted to success audience. And just remember our audience is very much so entrepreneurship based. Yeah. 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 Well, the whole book unreasonable hope is just based on, I mean, think about Barack Obama, Barack Obama had hope against hope. No, we had never had an African American president before. So I just love people that have the audacity of hope, mm. audacious hope. It, it, it takes faith it, it, to live a hope. I think the world says, don't get your hopes up. And what I love about entrepreneurs and pioneers, they're like, no, we're getting our hopes all the way up. And I think we should live hopeful. We should live with this. I have great hope in humanity. I have great hope in this new year. I have great hope in my community. I, have great, I think we should live hopeful lives. And um, so that's what really that, that book is about. Yes, yes. I think God gives us more when he sees that we are willing to be courageous. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Totally. That, that's what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom is to really represent, right? To take risks. And, uh, you know, I talked to some of my Christian friends and we, we had this conversation around uh, some of them have been copying a little bit of uh, flack online where people are leaving nasty comments and that because of their beliefs and so on. And, uh, and I said to them, I said, man, the, the kingdom is being tested. Anything that is yeah. worth something needs to be tested at some point in time. That's all it is. It's of just course. a test. So let, let's talk a bit about the kingdom because I know that uh, one of the things that I guess uh, gives, I, I, I believe, Christianity or any belief system at that uh, a bit of a bad rap is, is the word religion. And mm. I know that if we look at the kingdom, it's a lot bigger than that. So how do you deal with this? Because I think a lot of people would probably turn away and not give it even a, a chance to listen to the message if they hear the word religion, right? So what's yeah. been your experience in this case? Well, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we, if we're here to propagate religion, we're going to, we're going to get really uh, stuck and, and have no audience. Right. I yeah. think what are we, what's the, what's the message we're, we're selling? You know, for us personally in our cul-de-sac, 
we're talking about one king in yeah. one kingdom. So I think, you know, that we're just trying to do as good of a job to, you know, elevate our king, our, the, the, the king that we believe in, the king that we think is the man, the guy, the, the, the dude, the, the antidote, the, the, he is it. And so I think if we want to talk about religion, the world has turned its ear to it. But if we want to talk about a person who's a savior and a person that is a king of all the kings, has all the authority, who is that? What, 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 what is he about? What are his values? Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do in Los Angeles. For anyone that's listening that might not have ever heard about the kingdom, to you, what, what have you found yeah. uh, the kingdom really is and what is the promise of the kingdom? Yeah. Well, I think it, it's 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 heaven on earth. I think it's the kingdom of heaven where God has total rulership, total reign, his authority. I think that's what, you know, Jesus, when he tossed to pray, he said, pray that the kingdom of heaven would literally be established here on earth. And what would that look like if God had all the authority, all control, all power? And so I think the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom where Jesus is, you know, what's, what's the kingdom of God? What's the kingdom of Jesus? I think they're really synonymous. As the, we believe in the Trinity, but I think what we're about is this kingdom that God has the rulership. He has the rulership in our life, and He has the rulership in our culture and society. Chad, this has been such an awesome conversation, man. I, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, is there any last words that you'd love to leave us with when it comes to this book? Is there anything that you feel uh, really needs to be said around Faith Forward Future? Yeah, well, I'll just say to anybody, you know, stop holding on to your history at the expense of your destiny. Like you gotta let let it go, whether it was whether it was the greatest thing or the worst thing, you gotta let it go. We gotta move on. Mm-hmm. The best is in front of us; it's not behind us. So stop holding on to that at the expense of the greatest thing that's in front of you. Let's go after the future that really you're supposed to take hold of. So I would just say let's let's go. Amen, brother. Amen. Also, well, you have a you have a uh, a merch company as well, merchandise company. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we jump off? Yeah, just um, we just start putting out church merch, and our church merch just you know is, uh, some guys in LA that are really good, and it's done really well online. People buying church merch. I just think you know how cool is that? You know, people people love to wear or or represent what they love. So if people love church. Let's let's rock it out. Let's you know wear it around town. So it's been really good. And and listen, I grew up in church. We used to do bake sales and rummage sales and car washes that's how we raised money back in the day and now we're the greatest fundraiser is church merch so you know all every every month every dollar goes back from the church to help us resource it i love that i love that it's full purpose and it's uh you know you're you're also looking flashy and fly at the same time so that's that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) and it's building church (laughs) that's it right right so chad how can we find you online do you have a social media Uh, account yep yeah, just just uh, you know my name Chad Veach um, on Twitter and Instagram will come up and yeah, great. Yep, and Chad's sermons are also flooding uh, YouTube right now, so make sure you jump on and listen to a number of his sermons. I know you're well connected with people like John Gray's incredible preacher, Carl Lance, and a number of others as well. So guys, jump on yeah. and watch these guys jam out. They just they really are bringing the kingdom message, and uh, and yeah, you have so many amazing points in those. Uh, sermons i'm gonna make sure i watch more of them as well so thanks uh thanks for jumping on man thank you so much bro honor to talk to you you too brother now before we end this interview i always end every interview with this last question all right and this last question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world 
What would that last 30 seconds sound like? It would sound like a hybrid between Biggie and Drake. (laughs) (laughs) You'd wrap it out, would you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The freestyle. No, I think I would just, you know, do my best to just tell everybody about the love of Jesus. Mm. 30 seconds, I would just go, you know, just say, hey, man, this guy loved you so much. He died for you. He's still pursuing you. There's nobody like him. So I would just, I would do that. 